This is the story of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, kingdom builder, healer. He is the King of glory. He is the resurrecting Savior. They expected a conqueror, but instead they got a servant, crucified and lifted high. And the marks on his hands left us marked for salvation. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Belong. Here we are in the second week of September. And as I posted on Facebook, as I talked about last week, September is the best month. And this week is actually even the best week. And I, I say that in jest because this week is my birthday. And it's, it's just funny to me. So um, you get to enjoy my sense of humor or not, as that case may be. But here we are, and even though we're landing out of summer and hitting, heading into fall, we wouldn't know it with our temperatures here in Texas. It's still super-duper hot, and all the storms that are going on around the world or the United States, and just there's a bunch of craziness. But if you've been around us for any length of time, you've heard in the last couple of weeks at least, you've heard us talk about this initiative that I felt from God that we are to listen and read through the, the Gospels. Because so oftentimes what I found is people will think they know what Jesus said, they think they know what Jesus did, and they look at all of these things and they really don't even have a clue. And we find ourselves clueless, if you will, because... It's based off what somebody else told us. So I felt like we were supposed to get back as a global group to the basics and just to read through the Gospels. And the, the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are all the stories of the day-to-day -day of what Jesus did. So that's our goal. So in August, we read through the book of Matthew. And now here in September, we're reading through the book of Mark. And then to have another layer on top of that, then the messages that we have will be layered, it'll be based out of that book for that month. So in August, all the messages were stemming out of stories that came from the book of Matthew. Now, as we find ourselves in September, we're basing it out of the stories in Mark. So last week we looked at Mark chapter 4, and it was the sower sows the seed. And, and as I finished it up, I felt like there was a whole lot more that was needing to be talked about and maybe unearthed, if you will, and that, yes, that's a play on words if you saw last week or you're going to understand a little bit more in a few minutes. But that this scripture, Jesus even says in one translation, if you don't understand this one, you're not going to understand anything in the kingdom of God, and you're certainly not going to understand any of the other parables. So when Jesus puts his high premium on this particular um, parable, and he says, this is the key, if you will. And, and think back to the, the spy movies or the different shows you watched back when you were a kid, and there's this decoder ring that you, you can, or this chart that you can say, and you can see what these symbols are, and you can see what the sec uh, secret messages that are hidden inside there. And Jesus is kind of alluding to that's what's going on in this scripture. How will you understand all of them if you don't understand this one? So as I concluded last week and more stuff was just going on inside of me, it just kept on just, just churning. It's like, man, there's so much more. And I believe that we needed to have another week in that. So if you will turn your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 4, starting with verse 3. It says, listen to this. 
Behold, the sower went out to sow. And I'm not going to re-preach my message from last week. And if you didn't catch it, you can go find it on our YouTube channel, on our podcast, within our app. I mean, just about anywhere you can search Belong Church, you're going to come up with something from all the services, whether it's an audio or video. But we see that there is four types of soil that Jesus used in this illustration. And he said that the sower who went out, he, he sowed the seed and it fell on different places. The first one was the wayside. So it's like you got a roadway here and where people run off the side of the road and it just like it just gets packed up completely and just it's just run over all the time and it's so hardened that you can't get anything to do it. In fact, Jesus says as soon as the seed falls on that the birds just come and just eat it up because it's, there's no place for it to go. The second one was stony ground. And that's where yeah, it's, it's a little bit softer, but there's all these rocks and all these stones that are all inside of it. So there's not much dirt that can get right to it because there's too much junk in the way. The third was the thorny ground. That, okay, the stones aren't there, and it's not the same packed down stuff that's on the side of the road. But now there's just all these weeds that are growing. So yeah, the seed can grow, but so can the weeds. And if you've ever had a garden or if you've ever had a yard, you know that the weeds grow better than the, what you're wanting to grow, whether it's the vegetables, green beans. Love green beans on my birthday. Um, or, or whatever it is, the grass. You know, the weeds will always grow better. But then the fourth one was the good soil. Now, the obvious illustration is the, what is specifically said, that there's these different sides. But as I started studying this and I started looking into this, I believe that there's another layer in there. And I kind of went into it a little bit last week, but we're going to dive deeper inside of it this week. And that is, what happens after the seed gets sown? So there is two different things, and we talked about this again in great detail last week, but there's two different seeds that I see here. One is the, the seed of getting to hear about the good news of the gospel, of someone telling you about Jesus. And, and I run across, as, as crazy as this is for me to even try and fathom, I run across people all the time who don't know anything about God, have never been in church, and really don't even know any of the fairy tales. You know, they just have a few preconceived ideas ideas, but they really don't know. So when that seed gets sown for salvation and a relationship with Jesus, that seed is going to fall on those four different types of soil. And man, I mean, sometimes we keep throwing our seeds out and we keep trying and we got a loved one that we keep just trying to tell the word. And, and we saw that the sower sows the word. It's not me sowing what I think. I'm not just going to throw any seed when I'm trying to get a harvest for God. I'm going to sow the word. I'm going to tell people what the word of God says. No one cares what Kevin thinks. Likely no one cares what any one of us think. But the only thing that's really going to have a great impact and change somebody's life is when we sow the word. And when we do that, sometimes it falls on hardened places where life is just trampled down and it's just, it's just all hardened. There's just like, there's no place for it to go. That it just gets destroyed right away. And then, then there's other times that someone maybe has worked through some things and, and now it's not the wayside, it's not the packed up, the hardened soil that's there. But man, there's just a whole bunch of junk in there. There's a whole bunch of, of stones that are just in there that's just keep, keeping it. So it can try. And, and first they get excited about what they hear from God. 
and what God is saying, and then it's like it just easily goes another way. I mean, think about the person that you're inviting to come to church with you, or to join a small group with you, or to, to do the first 15 with you, to, to, to study reading the one-year Bible and say, hey, let's do this together because we're better together. And they're like, yeah, 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 that'll be great. And then you call them and like, goes to voicemail. You text them like, hey, are we still meeting today? Crickets. You get ghosted on so many things, and while they seemed excited, you're like, man, are they fake? No. Likely they were excited, but you see, there was no substance for them to let it go down deep inside of them. And then the third side is the thorny, that maybe they've worked on some more things in their life, and they got rid of some stones, but now it's real easy for the, the weeds of our life. And, and Jesus said it's the, the love of money or the things of other concerns that come against us and just all the different things that just reach up and he says actually choke us. So I mean think about this, this great plant that's trying to grow and all of a sudden these other things you know just choking it out. Then there's the good soil. When you tell them about, and you've been telling them, and it's gone through all these processes, and I believe that there are processes that, that is the hidden side of this, this parable, and that we could start off with a hardened life. And man, the, the ways of the world, and just our life is just tore up, and it's just like all that ground is just packed up. As we keep working and keep talking and keep investing in people, that, that as they do the work, as they, as they change their lives... Now it turns into not just being the wayside or the packed down ground, but now it's this stony, that there's just still some junk in there. And, and you keep, you got to work. I mean, the only way you deal with stony ground is just to go pick up all the stones, put them in a wheelbarrow and carry them off. But then you reach the place where you got most of the stones out, but now the, the stuff will grow, but now there's just weeds everywhere. And now the, the, what you're trying to sow, it just gets choked out. But you see, we see this process of going through this to get to the good stone, the good soil. But you see, while I'm specifically, the first place, the first category I'm talking about is for salvation, for getting to have a relationship with God, I believe that there's also then, once we start this relationship, we're not perfect. In fact, there's still many things in our lives that we have a hardened heart towards. There's still many things that God will say, hey, I'm not, eh, how about we work on this area over here? And again, I have to say, it's God who shows us those things. And I talked in great detail um, several months ago about a situation that God revealed to me whenever I was still going to Christ for the Nations. And we were in Alaska, and, and that there was 10 things that I needed to work on. And he told me the first one. I wanted to know what the other nine were. But I wasn't ready to deal with it. I only was ready to deal with one. So all those people around us, whether their life is packed down with a hardened soil, man, you may not even be able to take one thing. we got to just work with what we got. Certainly can't take everything. And the thing that really was eye-opening for me and like a veil was ripped off of my face and my eyes was what if everybody around me could see the other nine things that I couldn't see that God hadn't revealed to me yet? See, I may see something that's a shortcoming, or I may say, hey, that's something they really need to change, or that's not like God, or you can describe it any way you want to. Really, it's judging. 
But I may identify even if I never say the word and in my own thoughts say, oh, they're missing it there, or they should do this, or they should do that. But perhaps they're going through a process. And can I tell you, it's a process. Going through these different soils is a process. And I believe that there's times in our lives that we start off and there's this hardness in our heart, hardness in this area of our life, and we don't really want to hear about what God has to say about that. Sometimes it's because we have preconceived ideas of, well, I bet you if, I, if I'm a Christian, then I have to do this or I can't do that or all these things. And Man, it takes a while for the Word of God to keep coming onto that area and just kind of take that hardened soil and say, hey, let's, let's get a tiller on this and let's, let's just like start working in this garden. And then you, you start seeing some results and then there's still just some junk in there. See, it's a process. This is after you've accepted Christ. This is when you're now trying to walk on this road, if you will, to have a relationship with God. Someone may say, it's a better you. I want to have a better you. I want to live my best life, some people will say. But, but how do you do that? How does that happen? I mean, people commonly say it. But how's it done? And see, we'll try education and we'll try, you know, meditation. We'll try a life coach. We'll try just reading all these books. But sometimes we still end up with just wayside ground that the hardness of our hearts, the hardness of life has just driven over us and rolled over us so much that it doesn't do much. Or maybe it moves a little bit and now we just have, still have some stones in there. And anything we try and put in there good, it just, it comes up for a second and it just dries out, withers up. All those things are good. And I'm certainly not meaning any disrespect. I'm certainly not saying we shouldn't do those things. And education is great. And, and you know, having quiet time and praying and having a life coach, someone hey, that's going to walk through life with you and reading books and seeing what other people ha have done to, to better themselves. All of that is well and good. But today we're going to look at what the Word of God says. Remember, the sower sows the Word. So it does no good for me to stand up here and tell you out of what my education level is or what my thoughts are or what I read on this book or this or that or something else. I'm going to sow the Word, as we see in Mark chapter 4. But now, if you will turn your Bibles with me to Philippians chapter 2 and starting in verse 12, it says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, look at this, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your salvation. See, this word salvation is not the salvation where you're coming to Christ and say, hey, I went to this church or I was watching this podcast and at the end they had this opportunity for me to say a prayer and I said that prayer and I got quote unquote saved. That is certainly an event. But this word is actually talking about a process of continuing on. Look at what it says. Work out, continue to work out. And that word work there, or work out, literally means in the Greek, guess what it means? To work out. 
It means that you got to go, and it's from two different words. And the next screen will show us what those two words actually are. It means according. It means daily. It means individually. It means private. And you can't think of the word workout without thinking of going to a gym and working out. The next word on that, the, the second part of that word, the, that one word that Jesus used, or I'm sorry, Paul used, is using these two things. It's daily, accordingly, it's individually private, and it's labor. It's just work. We got to do these things. But you see, this is a process like going to the gym. Hey, I've got this wedding I want to go to, and I want to lose this weight, and I want to trim up, and so I don't go to the gym just one time and think it's all okay. I got to go daily. Look at this. It's private. This is between you and God, this working out your salvation. And if we can go back to that previous screen, with fear and trembling, this is something that you should do. Take it really seriously. This isn't just a um, just casual, just whatever happens. Hey, if I go to the gym today, I go. If I don't, I don't. No, this is a process in our life that we should take so seriously. And look at this. The word salvation there literally means deliverance, and then it says salvation. The four things that we believe as a church, our core values is number one, to know God. And that is the first time getting to know God. And the second part of that is the continuing knowing God. And that's a lot of what we're talking about this morning. And, and continuing to build this relationship. The second one is to find deliverance. And look at that word is exactly what it's saying here. And this is where we get the core of our second core value. You've got to find deliverance from your past. There's your stuffing junk in our past that is the stones, if you will. It is the weeds. It is the where life is just tore all over us and packed everything down in our life. And Jesus says, work out your deliverance daily, on purpose, privately, individually. But you got to do this. In that word, um, deliverance and salvation, it has an overtone that means it's coming from a savior or a deliverer. So in other words, this isn't something you're just supposed to do by yourself. When it says work out your salvation, it doesn't mean, hey, just go off by yourself and you better get it all right. No, this whole scripture is layered upon, layered upon, layered upon. This is a private thing but it's working with the Savior. Your deliverance comes from the deliverer. Your salvation comes the, from the Savior. And of course, we know our deliverer is Jesus. Our Savior is Jesus. So if you can kind of put a subtitle of this, a, a secondary title, if you will, on this message, it is Workouts with Jesus, our Savior. And I'm not trying to be funny, although that does put a smile on my face. Hey, this process is work. It's a workout like you're going to the gym. But how many of you know that if you're going to go work out at the gym, it's so much better if you have a buddy. 
If you have somebody that says, hey, I'm going to meet you at 6 o'clock to go work out at the gym, you're like, oh, when the alarm goes off at 5.30, you're like, oh, I just want to hit snooze and I'll do it tomorrow. But if there's somebody that's going to be there with you, you're going to get up and you're going to go and you're going to get there and you're going to actually do it and you're going to do it daily and you're going to do it in purpose and it's a private thing and it's, it's something you're doing individually. But then when you layer that it's with somebody, we see in this scenario of working out your salvation, working out your deliverance, working out dealing with all the soil in your life and taking it from being the hard packed down to where there's now stones in it. We got to get all the stones out. And now the weeds are growing really good. We're going to pull some weeds. That's not left alone. While it is on me to do it, same way as if I go to the gym with my buddy, he is not going to do the workout for me. He's there to help me. Think about a spotter that you're sitting there on the, on the bench and you're, you're lifting the weights and the spotter's right there with you. Hey, he's not helping you. You're still doing the workout, but he's right there with you. Workouts with Jesus, our Savior. Continuing on in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God who... Look at this. You're supposed to work out your own salvation, but your deliverer is Jesus with you, but it is God who. See, you're not left all by yourself to work on the different soils and to work through the process that is our lives, but it is God who works in you. Works. A same thing. It is work what we've got to do on the next screen. It highlights the word works. We're going to work at what we're doing in our life. And that word works, if you can imagine what it means, it means energy. And we've got a Greek word for that one too. Where we get our word energy from. Like, hey, I, I need to take an energy drink to go and do my workout. A six-hour energy drink, although I hate those things. Um, but it means literally to be at work or to work. But it's the word energy, and we will see that again in a minute. We see it is God who gives you the energy to work. It is God who gives you the things to work on and says, hey, you don't know what to do with your life. I got a great plan for you, it says in Jeremiah 29, 11. I got a great plan for you. I'm going to even be there to help you with the work. But it is God who works, gives you the energy. But look, it's the same word in James. James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, So confess your offenses to one another and pray for one another. Pray for one another. Pray for one another. So when you have something going on in your life, call on your buddy. Say, hey, I need some prayer. Will you pray for me about this? Because we're supposed to be in a relationship to have one another. Okay, so that you may be healed. Look at this. The effective prayer of the righteous person is very powerful. That word effective is the same word that was just used as energy. It's the work. It comes from the Savior. It comes from Jesus. For it's God who works. It is God who gives us that working prayer of the righteous person. It's very powerful. But look at this. So confess your sins, your offenses. In the NIV it says, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. 
But you see, Jesus has done everything to save us, to pay for our sins, but now where we work out our salvation and we have that workout session with Jesus, he gives us the energy to do that, but the same word is right here in James. I find healing in my life when I let somebody else know what's going on in my life. When somebody else knows that I've got this weakness or I've got this struggle or I need healing in this particular... See, this is working through the different soils where it was the hard pack down. I've got this hardness in my heart. Hey, I know I shouldn't feel bad towards this person. I know what the Word of God, when I'm reading it or I hear the messages on, on Sunday, as I hear the podcast and I know I shouldn't feel this way, but I still feel this way. Why do I feel this way? And you talk to someone and say, hey, I'm going to pray with you. And you tell them this is how you feel, and they pray with you. That's very powerful and effective. Same word. It is God who works, gives us that prayer. You see, it requires us to take some initiative. See, that working out our salvation, that working out session with Jesus requires us to take the steps. Going back to verse 13. For it is God who works in you, not in your neighbor, in you, to will and to act. Okay, your will is your mind and where you want to go, where you plan. And, and our body is made up of three parts. We've got our body We've got our soul and we've got our spirit. Our body is our flesh and blood and, and our soul. And then our spirit is where God lives. And our soul is broken down to three other things. It is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And then we see here the word will, our will. So my emotions get involved and I, I start going a certain way. And God says, no, I want to work in you to focus on your will because what happens is it comes into my emotions and then it comes into my mind. It comes into my mind and it comes into my emotions. You can flip-flop them in there and then all of a sudden it'll start changing my will. You can be in a marriage and you start having these thoughts that are coming against you and it'll make your mind and your emotions get involved and all of a sudden where you're happily married, you're starting to go this way. You can be happy at your job and everything's going good and then all of a sudden these thoughts, these attacks come on you and you feel this emotion that you're not appreciated and no one likes me and, and you're not doing a good job and eh, all these things and all of a sudden before you know it, you don't like your job anymore. We can keep going on with it example after example, example. But our will gets shaped by our mind and by our emotion. Because look, it's God who works in you to help you shape your will and to act. That's your actions. That's where you actually take um, action on what you're thinking. Why? In order to fulfill his good purpose in your life. And his good purpose is to move you from this hardened spot to this place where there's stones. That it's getting better, but there's still a lot of junk in there. And, and now there's just a bunch of thorns. And yeah, it's getting better. We're making progress. To this place that we saw last week that is the good soil. The place that we saw last week where it is now where we can have a harvest that's coming up because there's no harvest that's happening when it can't go down inside of us. There's no harvest when it's just falling amongst the stones and, and there, there's not any depth that it can't get any roots. It just dries out as soon as the sun comes. 
There's no harvest when the weeds overtake it and choke it out. The harvest comes when it's in the good soil to fulfill his good purpose in our lives. This is where we get a better life. This is how I live my best life. John 10.10, I talk about it all the time. Jesus says there's two different lives here. Which one do you want? The one the devil comes to bring us is going to rob, it's going to steal from you, and ultimately it's trying to cause death. But I have come to give you life to the full. See, this best life is lived when we're living in God. When we look at having the best version of you, it's when we go and we fit into the plan that God has for us. Philippians 1, 6 says, for I'm confident in this very thing. Look at that, for I'm confident. Man, I'm not wondering how this is gonna work out, but I'm confident that he, God, who began a good work in you, will perfect it or complete it and let it just be completely done. So we start off with this soil that's just all hardened and a hardened heart and it's yuck. And then we work on it a little bit and then we get this stony ground and we keep taking the stones out and we keep working on it. Now the stones, the soil's revealed, but man, there's still just some weeds that are growing there. We work through all this thing. I'm confident this very thing that he who began the good work, same word, work, in you, we'll keep working on it to complete it even until the day of Christ. That word literally means to be persuaded, to have confidence. That man, you don't have to sit there and go, is this working? Which 21 days of prayer, I'm trying to read my Bible, I'm listening to the podcast and trying to do these things. I'm, I'm trying to make some changes in my life, but I'm not sure. Hey, you need to be persuaded. You need to have confidence. In the New King James Version, it says, for I'm persuaded. And look at this. It's the same word. That neither death nor life, whether it's the worst case scenario or the best case scenario, whether there's angels or principalities, nor powers, nor things present or things to come. So all the things that anxiety is based on is all found in this scripture right here. Scared to death of, lo- of de- that you're going to die, and how can I complete this? Or I'm going to scare, I'm going to live, and, and I, I don't know how I'm going to live for tomorrow. Or man, I, I got angels, or what is going on? Or there's principalities, there's powers. There's, I, I'm worried about things to come, or I can't even handle what's going on right now. All of this is here, okay? Continues on in 39. says, nor height nor depth. So whether you're scared of heights, or whether you're scared of the lowest parts, or any other created thing, none of these things, it says shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can I put a little spin on that and tell you? None of those things that are trying to cause anxiety in your life, none of those things that are trying to reach up and choke you out, none of those things are going to be able to separate you from your workout partner. From that guy that's there with you that says, hey, I'm going to be there with you, and I'm going to spot you. I got you. We're going to do this. It's going to work out. Back to first, to Philippians chapter 1. For I'm confident in this very thing. He who had began the good work, it's God who began this work. God knows when we have hardened hearts. 
He knows when there's a bunch of junk still left in our life. He knows when there's still weeds in our life that are choking out what he wants to do. It's he who began this work to help this process move through. But it's work. It's a work that we're all going through. But you may say to me, Pastor Kevin, you don't understand. You don't understand how bad it is. You don't understand how I've messed it up. No, I don't need to understand how bad it is or how bad you think you've messed it up. Because God knows all of it. He sees all of it, and he's like, hey, I'm the one doing the work here. I'm your workout buddy. I'm the one who's there spotting you. I got this. Look at Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, what, what you're saying is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. So it doesn't matter what you're looking at and saying, man, I don't know how I'm going to make it to tomorrow. I don't know how this is going to work out. Man, I made so many mistakes. I don't think there's even hope for any of the ground in my life. No, God is there and everything is possible. See, you could say, you don't know my situation. I'm telling you, you don't know the power of God. But you may say, there's no way this is going to work out. I'm telling you, he specializes in making a way. And we've said this many times. That in all of our lives are chapters written in God's book. And some of the chapters we've wrote that he didn't write. But he's always there with his hand to help us up. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, do all things, just continue on where we're looking at, do all things without grumbling or disputing. In other words, don't let life change what's coming out of your mouth. So that, verse 15, you prove yourselves, you prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent. That word prove literally means to come into being, to happen, or to become. I'll say that again. That word prove right there literally means to come into being, to happen, or to become. See, it's a process. It's not something that, hey, to prove you already did it. You already completed. Everything's all done now. No, so that you prove is showing that, hey, I'm going through the process. It says to be blameless and innocent. And that word innocent literally means pure and not mixed. So look at what we've talked about many times before, that there's God's way and the devil's way. The world's way and the life to the full way. God wants us to live in such a way that it's not a mixed life. But sometimes when we start off, it is a mixed life. When we looked at that, Paul says, hey, the things that I don't want to do, those things I do. Those things I know I shouldn't do, those are the things I end up doing. We all have this place that things are mixed up in our lives. But he says, this is where I'm trying to get you. That you're not mixed, but you're 100% over here in this good ground. This place over here where I am able to let a harvest come through you because you're now living life to the full. Verse 16 says, holding fast. 
And, and if I can give you a, a, a Pastor Kevin version in that is parentheses, it says lean into the word of life. So that in the day of Christ, I will have reason to glory because I did not run in vain, nor did I toil in vain. Can you lean into the life of God? Life to the full. Lean into the life of God. Lean into the process, the plan that God has for you. If you will, bow your heads with me this morning. Father, I just thank you for what you're doing here. Lord, I give you all the words and all the, the scriptures, Lord, as we've laid this foundation. Lord, we see that the sower sows the word. And today I've sown the word. I've told you that God loves you. That he has a great plan for your life. Hey, that Jesus is even ready to work out with you. But we see the greatest and most awesome seeds, the word of God, they still fall on hardened ground, stony ground, thorny ground, or good soil. So my question to you this morning is, which are you? Which are you? See, the word of God has come today, but where will it take root? Is there so much hardness that it can't even take anything in your life? Or is there still stones and it's going to try and you get all excited about it, but tomorrow it's not going to be there? Or maybe there's some cares of this world or the thorns and the weeds that's going to just like rise up to try and take it out. My question to you ultimately is this. Are you ready to begin the process? The process begins with a decision to surrender or perhaps surrender again to God, to Jesus, to your workout partner. Today is your day to say yes to success, to say yes to the process. I want to invite you to join me in this simple prayer. If that's you, regardless of where you find yourself, if your heart is so hardened that you say, man, there's not even, I don't think, a chance for me. I kind of expected lightning to strike as soon as I started trying to watch anything about God or the water's going to start boiling around me. I hear that all the time. Say this simple prayer and begin the process. Say, God in heaven, I want to know you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus for paying for my sins so I don't have to. I ask you to forgive me for making mistakes. Today I choose you. I surrender everything to you. Be the Lord of my life. Be number one. And the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you with all my heart. Today I give you my life. Lord Jesus, I thank you for everyone that prayed that prayer. And as they just reached out to you, you're right there with them, and you just grab their hand, and you just jerk them right out of where they're at. And Lord, you just take them right into where your plan is, and you start the process. And even as we saw, it's you who began this process. It's you who's working this process out. We give you the glory, the honor, in Jesus' name.
Amen. Well, as we're closing this morning, I just want to invite you to let us know what prayer you prayed. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to text the word NEXT to 469-289-1114, and you see it at the bottom of your screen. Text the word NEXT to 469-289-1114. That is our uh, ability to communicate with you back and forth through text. And We want to hear your testimony. We want to hear what God is doing in your life. We want to hear all the process that you're walking through and how your life's being affected by God. We want to ask you, of course, to invite somebody to take this journey with you. We said a couple of times in the message that life is better when it's on purpose and when it's with someone, and we're better together. So invite somebody this week. Just invite one person. I challenge you to find one person to invite to take this journey with you, with us. Maybe you need to copy the URL and just send them to them. Say, hey, I watch this. We watch this and we'll talk about it. Lastly, for those of you who want to be a part of the financial success of this ministry, and we talked a lot about giving in the last couple of weeks, and, and it's not something we talk about all the time, but it is a part of living our lives devoted to Christ, is giving 10%, God calls it tithe, of, of our income. So when God gives us increase in our life, that we give back to him an offering. And if you want to do that through our church, again, that's at the bottom of your screen now. You simply go to give to belong.com or it's also in our app it's on our website again it's everywhere in the world we want to have every resource at your fingertips right there for you there's even a text to give option that you can find on our website that you can go and that's a super simplest that's the way most of us actually do it so it's the easiest of all once you go through the steps to get it all set up well if you'll stand to your feet and we're gonna pray and be dismissed Father God, I just thank you so much for the lessons and the, the life that, that you show us in your word. Lord, as we're getting back to the basics and as we're seeing what your life was like in the book of Mark and how you walked through, even now you said that this scripture is the key to everything in our life. Lord, that we'll get the most out of it. Lord, I thank you for everyone who's participating, everyone who's listening, God, and that your words are going down inside of them that all of my words will just fade away, but God, your word is going to cause this great process to work in every one of us. Lord, I speak a blessing over everyone who, who texted us and let us know that they're participating, Lord, and what we can do to help them in their next steps, God. And I speak a blessing over everyone who participated in tithing and giving offerings and giving to this church this week. I speak a blessing over all of this. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.